back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Brundy, we got some more World Junior coverage. Yeah, that we do. Um, we're currently recording this on the 31st of December, um, which means that the preliminary round has just wrapped up now. Um, so it's kind of what we were waiting for. We we're just kind of waiting for this time. So now we we know what the matchups are going to be moving forward in the, the knockout round here. Yeah, there's uh, there's been some exciting games. There's been a lot of uh, standout performances in a couple of the games as well. Um, yeah. Is there any any particular one you want to start with? Um, just to kind of just to break it down, so we've we kind of know what we're working with now. So. Uh, now that all the games have wrapped up, we now know the the top teams uh, of each division, um, the two bottom teams. So a uh, big game for Germany against Canada, unfortunately, just came up short. Um, so Germany now finishes with one win and three losses. So they'll be playing in the single knockout game uh, to be relegated against Norway, who went 0-4 in the tournament. Uh, the United States will now play Latvia, um, who upset Germany the other day to claim that fourth spot. Uh, Slovakia finishing second in Group B will take on the third team in Group A, which is Finland. And then um, Czechia finished third place in Group B. They will take on second place in uh, Group A, which is Canada. And then lastly, Switzerland, who finished fourth in Group B, will go up against the top team in Group A, which is the home country for the tournament, uh, Sweden. So a couple, couple big, uh, big matchups coming up that'll be very exciting to see how they play out. Because as we've seen so far, any team can can upset teams. We've we've we're no strangers to that in this tournament. Yeah, like uh, Czechia especially uh, has looked. Uh, I feel really strong. Um, yeah, yeah, they were they were a strong team in it. It just unfortunately came down to, you know, United States was a strong one, and then Slovakia. We we knew they were going to be a good one. Yeah, I was uh, I was wondering if my website had not uh, updated from the games earlier today. I realize now this is the 2023 double uh, IHF standings. That would explain why it made no sense. Ah, uh, yeah, that would check out. There we go. Same exact page with the right numbers. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't think Czechia was in first again. Uh, yeah, we got the right stuff here. And yeah, it, uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff that you expected. You know, Sweden, Canada, uh, United States, all right at the top. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's not much to, to say on where the teams landed, because it's not too far out of what we expected. Um, yeah. The only surprising thing really is that Latvia snuck into that uh, that third spot and Germany will be on the outside uh, looking in and hopefully um, trying, well, they are trying to avoid relegation now for next year. It'll either be them or Norway. And it is now uh, a single knockout game as opposed to the traditional uh, best two out of three that they used to do. So they've got a couple of days to now prepare for for one game, one and done for one of them, and the other one will will be back next year. So the bottom two teams don't move on, and then those two are kind of on the chopping block for next year. Yeah, and I, I would assume Germany wins that game. Um, so most likely, uh, barring a, a crazy upset, we'll see Norway 
um, relegated. And I believe it's Kazakhstan who comes in next year. So it has to be a switch. Like after uh, after Germany and um, Norway play, uh, it's just Kazakhstan replaces the loser. Or do yeah. the, does the loser get a, a game to beat the new guy? No. Nope, the loser is is just done for for next oh, year. Oh, so there's always at least one new team. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a constant rotation of of That's given teams. Cool. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, it's it's a good way that they that they do it. Um, but I guess we can kind of jump into some of the stats leaders in some categories. Um, can also look at some some standout players who are kind of uh, surprising everybody. Uh, where do you want to start? I mean, we might as well start right at the top. Uh, the only player with nine points throughout uh, the first four games, uh, Servak Petrovsky. Uh, five goals, four assists for nine points in four games. Like, yeah, dude is dude is looking good out there. Yeah, he he's been a big part of uh, uh, of uh, what what what's he on? Sorry, it's kind of loading here. Slovakia, uh, right? Slovakia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been a big part of Slovakia's success um, so far in the tournament, and even just helping be a a strong point for that team entirely, playing a lot of big minutes, um, really stepping up for the team. Like, you know, and and moving forward, they're they're going to be really relying on him uh, to to really help carry the workload moving forward for them now that they're moving on into the knockout round. Also worth noting um, that Petrovsky is a Minnesota Wild prospect. So it's some good news there for Minnesota. You've got uh, a top point getter in the tournament thus far. Um, kind of got a, a lot, lot of, of jam now. Below them, but yeah, uh, it, it, the it finally just updated. Time. It finally just updated now. Um, so it's we now so know good. that uh, there is. Uh, so we've obviously got Petrovsky finishing first in points, and then we've got a bit of a log jam for second place in terms of points. Um, that being Gavin Brindley. Uh, Macklin Celebrini, Cutter Gauthier, and Frank Nazar are all tied with eight points. Uh, and Gavin Brindley's uh, currently leading the tournament with six goals. Um, so good do, news there uh, for, for Columbus fans as well. Do Gavin Brindley and Frank Nazar play on the same line? I believe they, they have been, yeah. I was going to say, because Brindley has six goals... Uh, in two assists, and Nazar has zero goals and eight assists. So, yeah, I, I figured there might have been some uh, playmaking there. I've seen I've seen quite a few highlights of Frank Nazar uh, making some really nice playmaking moves. Yeah, he he makes a lot of room for the for the shooter as well as making a good pass. Yeah, yeah, and then um, the for the goalies, it's. Kind of all over the place because you know a lot of goalies have kind of rotated guys. Um, it looks like as far as I can see, um what are we looking at here? Who this is kind of all over the place, the goalies. Cause showing it's showing multiple games played for like this for like guys on the same team, but like Two goalies it, didn't both start like a, for a game played for both of them when someone gets pulled and put in for relief. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty safe to say the best goalie of the tournament so far 
um, has been Hugo Havlid uh, for Sweden. Um, only started for two games, uh, made 41 saves total, two shutouts. He's an interesting guy because he's one of the smallest goalies um, in the tournament. And he's also, uh, he's gone undrafted so far. Um, he will be turning the age of 20 as of tomorrow, January 1st, um, along with his brother, Matthias Havlid, who's also been a big part of uh, Team Sweden. So it'll be interesting to see uh, after this tournament if we see Hugo maybe get a an opportunity from a team. Did you say he's uh, undrafted? Yeah, he yeah he's been he's undrafted, and has hasn't been signed by a team either. So he's still currently a a free agent. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a team really? or two kind of kicks tires on him and maybe takes a chance on him. I uh, I just brought up a screen that says uh, Hugo Havlid was chosen in the 2022 NHL draft. It says they were a sec- he was a second round pick, 45th overall to the San Jose Sharks. No, that's his that's his twin brother Matthias. Because there there's twins, so there's a lot of Sharks mm. fans that are it now clamoring say Hugo, for. But I mean, you would definitely know. Uh, yeah, the San Jose Sharks pick. So that must be a error on this website yeah but a, a lot of uh sharks fans are saying that like that i mean the sharks are in need of, of goaltending prospects so why not take a chance on him when he's already got his twin brother uh pro- assuming probably coming over uh to join the sharks come the end of this season so maybe maybe they kick tires on uh giving an offer to his twin brother maybe bringing him out as well but I mean, what's, um, what's the harm in signing him to a one-year deal and seeing what he can do in the AHL, right? Oh, well, exactly, right. Or, I, I think the reason you know, a lot of teams to get his rights for a bit, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think teams I are think just worried because he's a bit undersized. Is kind of the big yeah. thing. But and we've seen, and that that makes sense. But you know, there's there's really good undersized goalies right mm-hmm. now. You know, you got guys like uh, UC Soros like absolutely killing it like it's yeah it's uh the majority of the great goaltenders are you know six two six three big dudes but it's uh it's not unheard of that they could be good yeah yeah exactly um but aside from that so hugo havlid obviously has a 100 percent save percentage um trey augustine has started two games for the united states um, three goals allowed, 60 saves. He's got a 9.52 uh, save percentage, um, has no shutouts. And then third for goalies is Adam Gajan, who we kind of figured was going to be right up there in the top. Um, he has played three games for Slovakia and has six goals against, uh, 85 saves. He's got a 9.34 save percentage and one uh, shutout. And the only two goalies to to start all four games for their respective teams is uh, Michael Habal um, playing all four games for Czechia, and then Matthias Rousseau uh, starting all four games for Canada, which is kind of surprising that Canada's rolled with with one goalie and one goalie only so far. Yeah, yeah, you definitely expect them to at least you know give a get a bit of a shot to one of the other guys, but uh, they're rolling with Rousseau uh, so far, and he's been uh, he's been pretty good. 
he, he's looked good for for them yeah for the most part and i mean numbers are were a bit better form going into uh today's game against germany um you know germany really worked canada hard that game and got some some timely goals and some nice ones so kind of lowered his stats a bit but nonetheless he's been uh, a big part for for canada um aside from that uh, else for the goalies um a nine to a nine to six for uh uh noah valley noah valley uh in finland um some pretty good stats there but yeah not uh not anything really uh of massive note other than trey augustine and hugo havlid yeah um, and then just just to kind of highlight it, because defense does matter, um, the kind of top defensive team so far in the tournament, uh, Sweden in four games played. They only have five goals against, which is quite impressive. Uh, Canada, seven goals against in their four games, and the United States, nine goals against in their four games. So pretty, pretty impressive stuff from those three teams, and kind of the three teams that... Uh, people were expecting to to be atop of of that and then for goals for um the top country being the United States with 29 goals for second place is Canada with 21 goals for and then surprisingly in third place is actually Slovakia with 19 goals for and then right under that is Sweden and Czechia both with uh, 17 yeah, so. it's interesting. Like uh, Sweden, uh, Sweden scoring a decent amount, but not very many goals. But they're getting incredible defensive results. Yeah, they really are. Um, which is good to see because it's going to make you know those those games now in the knockout round that much more exciting. Uh, now that we kind of know a bit more about each team and uh, you know the way that they're built and kind of the style that they're they're running with. So maybe when we see uh, you know United States potentially, if we get the opportunity to see them up against. Uh, Sweden, that'll be very exciting. You know, the top offensive team going up against the top uh, defensive team, kind of see how each team uh, kind of handles themselves throughout that game and maybe some some changes they make to uh, better suit themselves going up against their opponent. Yeah, that'll be an interesting clash of styles for sure. Um, uh, a little bit selfishly, one thing that's uh, fun to point out here, uh, 9 and 10 on the list, uh, points in the tournament list uh we have isaac howard tampa bay prospect and casper haltonen uh san jose sharks prospect so uh we currently both have some good looking uh guys in the tournament so that's been a little bit of extra fun for us to watch yeah haltonen's his uh because i've i've seen a lot more um of the finland games and the, the united states games Holtonen's an interesting player because he's his, his defensive game needs a, a lot of work, um, and that's highlighted by you know his. I mean, I don't take plus minus as a huge stat to look into, uh, but when you're looking at all the guys up at you know in the top for scoring, he's uh, one of the guys that stands out the most, being a minus three. Uh, but he's got a wicked shot on him, and they love to set him up on the power play right in the Ovechkin spot and just feed him one timers. So that's kind of been his. Uh, his specialty throughout the tournament. And then Isaac Howard, I mean, he's tied for second place in goals scored with uh, Petrovsky, only one behind uh, Gavin Brindley. So 
He's been finding the net a lot throughout this tournament. Yeah, he's been making a lot of uh, nice plays. There's not any, uh, not any absolute snipes necessarily, but like a lot of uh, knowing where to be at the right spot. A lot of uh, good hockey IQ plays, and yeah, uh, that uh, that bodes well. I believe he's playing. He's played at least at times on a line with Frank Nazar. I've seen a couple highlights of uh, them teaming up for goals as well. Yeah. So I don't know if he's with there with Gavin Brindley or maybe that's just on the power play, but yeah, at some point or another, yeah, they've, they've uh, been out there together. Um, what else did we have to cover? Oh, the, the big one was uh, Germany, um, despite going down to the relegation game, um, did pull off one of the biggest upsets of the tournament, uh, defeating Finland, which was the first time ever that they have beat Finland at the world juniors. Um, previously 0 and 25 in matchups against yeah. them. And they are now, they're now one and 25. So, uh, you know, good, good for Germany there. That's, that's huge for them. Unfortunately, the rest of the tournament didn't go the way that they were hoping for. Uh, but nonetheless, still, still pretty, pretty impressive stuff for them to, to pull that off nonetheless. Yeah, that's, that's really cool to see. Like, you know, they, after a certain while, it's got to be like, you know, after 10 losses in a row and they just keep coming, it's just kind of like, man, what are we, what are we supposed to do here really? And, uh, yeah, I got to imagine that felt really good for that team to be able to get that win. Yeah, definitely. And it was funny cause it was actually, uh, someone posted a video. Um, I can't remember which arena it was they were in, but they're, uh, their, their locker room and Finland's were right next to each other. So there's a video of Finland's locker room is like, you know, dead silent after loss, all the guys hang their heads. And it's just an absolute party going on over in, in Germany's locker room right next to them. But in the end, Finland rallied back and Germany's got a tough, tough uh, win, must win game for them if they want to return next year. Yeah, and I I personally think that uh, Germany will win. That's not exactly a hot take, but yeah, uh, no. I think I think they got the goods to edge out Norway at the least. Yeah, and this I mean this episode, uh, we you know even when we kind of alluded to it before, we kind of knew it wasn't going to be a super super big or long one. Um, just kind of one to highlight, uh, you know, kind of do a recap of the preliminary round, highlight some players that are that are doing quite well talk about the leaders but uh i think we we'll, we'll have some time we have a decent amount of time now between now and uh when the second round of of the playoffs now starts so we, we can go through and uh I, I feel like we'll kind of be on the same boat for for these but we can do a little bit of a prediction for what we think is gonna be the results of the the first round here of the the tournament playoffs yeah um, so the first game will be uh, Sweden, which is number one in Group A, taken on Switzerland, which is number four in Group B. I think it's pretty safe to go with Sweden on this one. Yeah, um, I, it, it would be it would be super cool to see an upset, but uh, yeah, that's that's a tough sell for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then the, and then the other one I think is pretty obvious uh number one in group b the united states taken on uh, number four in group a which is latvia again i think the united states pretty yeah pretty I easily mean, take takes this one 
Yeah, I mean, we're expecting the U.S. to, you know, be competing with Canada and Sweden. And well, Canada beat Latvia, what, was it 10-nothing? 10-1? 10-0, I think it was, yeah. So, yeah. yeah pretty, pretty handily. you got to imagine that one's uh, the U.S. But as the some of the other matchups uh, start going together, it gets a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking now, um, Canada finishing second in... Group A will take on Czechia, who finished um, third in Group B. Probably, that's like I'm still I, gonna go with Canada. I'm but. gonna guess Canada, but that one is not near as much of a slam dunk as the other ones seem to be. Yeah, uh, Czechia has has pulled off some big wins uh, in recent memory, even so. Uh, yeah. I definitely would not count them out, and hopefully Canada doesn't take them lightly. Yeah, yeah and you know, Czech has got some guys right up in the top there, actually, uh, more than more than Canada does in terms of uh, of point of uh, points leaders. They've got Yuri Kulich, who had seven points in four games. Um, Matthias Malowski having seven points in four games um and then edward sale he's got five points in four games like they've you know they've, they've got more guys up in the top for for points scoring than than canada you know so um you know canada kind of likes to you know get it done more by committee whereas check really relies on their top guys but you know yeah it's it's not it's not a slam dunk for canada but i'm, I'm still gonna go with canada to to take the win on this one yeah i'm I'm also going to take them for sure, but uh, that one's going to be uh, a fun game. That'll be a fun game. That'll be a must-watch game for sure. Yeah. And then the last game of the first round, it is uh, Slovakia, who finished second in Group B, will be taking on Finland, who finished third in Group A. Um, Slovakia should win this. Um, I think, again, this is one that's very similar to the Canada-Czechia game. It, it could go either way. Um, both teams really could come out on on the winning end of this. Uh, but based yeah, on what we've kind of seen from it's, Slovakia. It's more likely that Slovakia w- wins. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a chance on Finland. I think I can think they have at least enough in the tank that they can win one game. Uh past the preliminary round, and I, I think they can beat Slovakia. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to go with uh, Slovakia just because I, I, I love the story of Slovakia. It's kind of on right now. and would like to see them uh, take that next step um, from last year. Uh, but yeah, yeah Finland, Finland could, could very easily come in and, uh, you know, not even just like barely steal this game. They, they could come in and handily dominate this game and get the win. So those two are probably the ones I'm most excited for. I mean, the the Sweden and United States games, uh, you know, we kind of know what we're going to be getting out of those ones, really, barring yeah. one of the biggest upsets uh, we've ever seen at the World Juniors. But the, you know, the Canada, Czechia, Finland, Slovakia, those are going to be uh, the must-watch games because, you know, any, any two of those four teams could be uh, moving on, so... Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, uh, the other two games, the uh, Sweden, uh, Czechia and the United States. 
Latvia. The United States game. Oh, it is Latvia. I was going to say, I, uh, my standings page, I don't think has updated since uh, the Canada-Germany game ended. So Germany's in the wrong Oh, spot. yeah. Yeah, because it probably still but, showed uh, Germany's sitting. It has only has three it, games it played. It hasn't met. Yeah, it hasn't met three games played, but they're in fourth. Yeah. Or, I guess. But uh, anyway, those those two games involving the top teams, those are the games that, like, they feel like less of must-watch games just because you think you know it's going to happen. But all of a sudden, if an, if it's a close game or an upset happens, all of a sudden it, it becomes like an instant classic, right? So yeah. it's... Yeah, it's one of those ones where you, you don't know until the game happens, like, and you know maybe they go out there and like right from puck drop, it's at least competitive. Uh, yeah, you know even if the score necessarily isn't. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll it'll be fun to see which way the cards fall for those ones, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really hope though that we do see the, um. The, 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 I mean, like selfishly, because we're watching this over in Canada, but I'm hoping that we see probably at least, I would hope, the United States-Lavia game. I hope that kind of takes the early game um, taking place because like the, the first game that, that takes place will be on at uh, 4 a.m. over on our time. So if I don't have to get up at 4 a.m., like hopefully Canada's at least not playing at that time. Yeah, for for sure it's it's very tough and it's it's good for the sport it's good to like move it around you know you don't want canada or the u.s to always be hosting it right it is good to have uh you know teams in places like sweden hosting it but it's 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 difficult to watch uh at times and hopefully if you can't watch it live you can find a good place to to watch the game afterwards and uh be able to catch up on it because Man, like yeah. so many of these young guys are so talented and they want to show off to all these teams at the up for the upcoming NHL draft that, you know, yeah. look, this is this could be yours. Like they a lot of these guys are hungry and it makes for incredible, incredible play. Like Well, it's it's worth noting, um, earlier today, uh Finland took on Sweden. So um Finland obviously having uh Kasper Holtonen. And then Sweden having Philip Bistad and Matthias Havland. Uh, Mike Greer, um, San Jose Sharks GM, was actually over in Sweden present for for that game. So he's spending he's spending New Year's over oh. there and uh, kind of taking in some of the the World Juniors over there, which is is kind of cool to see. You know, some NHL, and I'm sure there was other ones. You know, it just popped up for me. You know, because I follow all the all this different yeah. uh, Sharks feeds and whatnot. But that's kind of cool to see that these these GMs traveling over there and uh, you know taking in the World Juniors and you know maybe looking at look obviously looking at the players that they have, but looking at some other guys who have maybe went undrafted or are draft eligible this year and kind of seeing uh, what kind of players are out there. Yeah, that's uh that's really interesting. You know, you definitely expect that a lot of uh, the majority of teams even would at least send a scout, but the at least actual, a scout. actual number one, your head general manager showing up, like not even like the assistant general manager. Like that's, that, yeah. that speaks volumes to the commitment to getting the right guy. And also just as a GM wanting to be involved, like that's awesome. Especially when um, you not to get too off topic, uh, but especially when, you know, it's, it's a time of year of like new year's and you maybe want to be with uh you know, kind of your your NHL team or 
more of your family or whatnot, but to take time off and go and really, uh, you know, dedicate your yourself and your time to, uh, and, and I mean, I, you know, not only are they, they're there for, for fun and to just watch hockey and have a good time, but yeah, it's, it's also a business trip for them because a lot of, uh, you know, big decisions might be made later on coming from this tournament. So always cool stuff to see. And like I said, I'm sure that there's numerous other uh, general managers that, that are there taking in the, the whole tournament. Yeah, I got to imagine there's at least a few other ones in the house. Uh, definitely would expect, you know, some of the uh, uh, the Sabres, uh, the Blackhawks, you know, some of those teams, the Bl- Columbus Blue Jackets, who they they just have so many players playing. Yeah, that they've drafted already playing in these tournaments that uh, you got to imagine they're watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, um, but other than that, I got? don't have. I don't have any anything else unless you do. I'm uh I'm all out. Um not not much else. Uh I don't know if it's necessary if it's really worth talking about some of the uh some of the uh big uh penalties given out over the over the course of the tournament. There's been a couple boardings that, you know, some got reduced. I think there was one that was a major that got reduced down to nothing. And yeah, there's a, which I, there's I was okay with the, with that one. I, I was watching that game and I, I, I'm okay with the rest decision there. Uh, the refing's just been so hit or miss. It's yeah. Th- there's a lot of ones where it's like, they make the right call. Um, you know, like, like today, a lot of Canada fans were, were up in arms over uh, Connor geeky, who might've actually set a world juniors record. Um, for fastest ejection from a game, uh, getting a game misconduct, uh, 11 seconds into the game, um, you know, people are complaining. But at the end of the day, the, the rule is, you know, it's it's a hit to the head, um, you know, and, and I get there's the height difference. Like, they, yeah, they're very open about uh, was there head contact? You're out, you know, like uh, the general consensus I've seen uh seen online and what i completely agree with is just that that's probably not even two minutes in the nhl because yeah he, no he didn't follow through he didn't jump his arms stayed down he basically ran into him with his upper chest but yeah. uh by by the way the double ihf calls these tournaments uh you should know that you can't get away with that in these tournaments they they really try to protect yeah. guys especially from head hits and even if, you know, maybe he should have had his head up and such, that's, you, you got to play by their rule book, you know? Yeah, and then even later in the game, uh, Canada fans were mad because um, there was a, a, a five-minute major that was given out. Um, oh, no, actually, actually, it wasn't even ruled a major, I don't think, to begin with. Um, but a player from Germany um, hit Matthew Potras. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Poitras. I think that's how you pronounce it. Poitras. Um, he hit uh, him from behind, and Canada fans were calling for five, five in a game. But when you look at it, I mean, he's coming in to, to you know, just kind of rub him off along the boards, and then Poitras turns right at the very end. His buddy's coming in to hit him. So I mean, like at least at least Canada got a two minute power play out of it. But you can't call five on a guy when he's going in to just do a normal kind of rub a gout against the boards. And then he turns right at the last second and exposes himself to you. And then even one of Canada's goals um, in the first period, uh, Fraser Minton very clearly high sticks 
um, one of Germany's players right in the face and takes him down. And then Canada immediately comes down the other way and scores. And it's like, well, that goal probably shouldn't have happened because there was a missed high stick. Like it's, uh, I, I just see so many people complain about the refs. And while it's not perfect, you know, every team is at calls go against them, but calls go for them. It's, them. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like it's inconsistent, but it's inconsistent for every team. It's not like one team's being the sole benefiter of of all of the the calls so yeah and like it's not great but you can't expect everything to be perfect especially in a tournament like this where the rules are so far different from what we're used to seeing in just the nhl and even in the like the whl or or whatnot so yeah i think the i think it's pretty safe to say the vast majority of viewers of this tournament are generally NHL fans and watch a lot of NHL hockey probably. And so it's yeah. very easy to, you know, watch a bunch of that. And and then you go over and it looks like they're calling the game so much softer. And it's, that's how they want it to be called. That's the point. It's, you know, it's not a one-for-one one comparison. So a lot of yeah. people don't seem to fully realize that. And it uh, causes for some confusion and in some cases a bit of anger. So, uh yeah, hopefully, hopefully these people can you know get used to the call the style that the refs are calling going forward yeah. in the tournament because you know it it would really suck to just be watching these games and be molding over the refs because it is some fun hockey to watch. Exactly right. So that's kind of my thing is like you know what the refing's not great, but at least it's not great for every team. So take what it is and just you know just enjoy the good hockey that we're getting right now. Yeah, it's like they they're all these young guys, so they're not fully developed in un their understanding of the game quite yet. And also a lot of them are working with coaches that they've never worked before, guys they've never worked with. So yeah. they don't really have a system. So it's like it's like one of the most skilled versions of Shinny in the world when you watch it. Yeah. Like, they they don't have all these uh a ton of, you know, uh setup plays and how they do everything, but uh, a lot of the guys just go out there and they do the best they can based on vibes. And it's, it's really fun to yeah. see some of the creative stuff that comes out of that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest highlight and kind of W that the, they, they've taken for this tournament is it used to be, and, and because we're seeing a lot of uh, game misconducts happen throughout this tournament. And it used to be, if you get a game misconduct, you're you're automatically at least facing a one game suspension potentially more depending on the injury or or the 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 nature of whatever the play was you did uh but now it's it's all there it's all just under review and then a decision's made so it's not a guarantee suspension so like while connor geeky got um five in a game right at the beginning of the game i'm guessing he probably doesn't get suspended so before it would have been he misses all of this game and then suspended for another one, whereas I think he'll be able to play for Canada um, uh, again in their game against Czechia. So it's nice to see that they're at least opening it up more to make it a little bit more fair. It's like, okay, you know, if the refs didn't like this call and, and gave you five in a game or whatever, we're not going to suspend you automatically again because of that. It, we'll review it and then yeah. um, go from there. And very rarely is it ro the wrong idea to, you know, do your due diligence and review so something a little extra and then you can make a bit better of a decision because it always sucks so much when uh, a suspension or a penalty is doled out 
based on it, the injury versus the actual play because like it it sucks but like you know hockey's a very fast sport and there's so much randomness with it like we're we're running around at 20 kilometers an hour on knife shoes right like yeah guys can fly into boards and they can they can twist the wrong way and all kinds of things can happen so you know if a guy falls awkwardly after a clean hit and then you really penal throw the book and penalize the guy based on the injury when it was a fine play like that always yeah. uh, leaves a pretty sour taste in my mouth so it's good to see yeah. him reviewing and doing a more more diligent job uh this year yeah exactly right for sure um but other than that i don't have anything um left if if you're all good uh yeah i think that uh, about covers it until we get to see uh, some of the some of the next upcoming games here right on right on well i guess uh this officially wraps up our final episode uh of 2023 our first uh official year as a podcast uh you know what a what a year it's been so far for us um you know here's to a great 2024 and uh more big things to come for us and this podcast in the future i'd say yeah it's it's been a lot of fun i'm i'm having a really good time doing the podcast and uh yeah yeah i we we haven't been doing it long but we're already uh both uh, especially me not having done a podcast uh uh unlike yourself before so it's uh we're already a lot better at it and uh, i think it's only up from here yeah exactly for sure um and with that Thank you to everybody uh, for listening to another episode of the Stick 'em Up podcast. As always, you can find us over on Instagram at SEU Hockey and at the same handle on uh, Twitter slash X at SEU Hockey. Uh, join in on the conversation there with us. Throw a follow, um, send a death threat, whatever you feel like. We're open to, to any fan engagement. Um, any engagement is good engagement in our eyes. Uh, Brayden, you got anything to throw in before we uh, hop out of here? Uh, just uh, if you if you get a chance at all to watch any of these uh, World Junior games, I I can't recommend it enough. Like uh, especially since we don't get the Olympics uh, with NHL players anymore. Like it's outside of the NHL playoffs, the best hockey you can watch. Yeah, I I completely agree. And with that. Uh... Thanks again, everybody, for sticking along with us through um, our first year in 2023 here. We're looking forward to 2024. And as the famous athlete Gail Lewis once said, signing out, good night.